welcome everyone to the Inspirational Businesswoman Show. Today we are speaking with two very powerful C-suite ladies. I can't wait to introduce them to you. All about personal success strategies for busy professionals. Welcome everyone. Once again, this is Virginia Parsons, your hangout mentor and the host of the Inspirational Businesswoman Show, where you know it is my passion and my purpose to provide you, the entrepreneur, with a gold mine of inspirational tips, strategies, and advice to help you grow your business from inspirational businesswomen in the know. And I want to thank you all for joining us today. I know that many of you will be joining us in replay and I want to acknowledge you as well for taking the time to be here and get this wonderful information we have coming to you. And those of you who are here live, thank you for being here. Why don't you just get into the conversation? Let us know you're here by typing in the comment section, saying hi, and let us know where you're viewing from. We'd love to know that. That comment section is there for you to ask questions and respond to the information that you're receiving. And as I said a moment ago, if you know of someone who might be interested in this information and might benefit from it, please share it with them out on the social networks, wherever you have your most contacts that might benefit. Anyway, thank you again for being here. We really appreciate you taking the time. Now, today's show is sponsored by hangout-marketing.com, hangout-marketing.com, where you can receive a complimentary live stream and hangout marketing assessment. Now, this assessment will only take you a couple minutes, but what it's designed for is to help you see where you, where you lie in hangouts and live stream, what you can do differently to improve your presence online, because one of my passions is to help you shine and get your brilliance out there. So go ahead and take the assessment, it'll only take you a couple minutes, and you might even qualify for a complimentary power strategy session with me. So take advantage of it. How do you do that? Go to hangout-marketing.com or text SUCCESS 
text pound success to 775-800-4179. All right, let's get started. We've got so much great information for you today, and I can't wait for you to meet these two C-suite power executives who have really expanded in what they're sharing and be, they become mentors in their own right. And that is, I'm really enjoying just sharing with you a lot about what they do and what what con conclusions they've come to over the years of being in business and being executives. So we're going to be talking with Paula Brown Stafford and Lisa T. Grimes, and they are the managing directors of Habijan. They're going to talk to you a little bit about that. They're going to tell you a little bit about their background, but this is all about success strategies, both in personal and business life for all the business professionals that are out there. So here's the first topic, how to balance your personal and professional juggling act. We all juggle as entrepreneurs, don't we? And I think they're going to have some wonderful tips for us in that regard. Also, how complimenting beats competing. They were once fierce competitors and they're going to talk to you about how they discovered the power of complimenting one another. Finally, how to build a memorable personal brand. So come on in, Lisa and Paula, and say hi to our audience. We're looking forward to learning all we can from you today. Hi, I'm Paula Brown Stafford, and we're looking forward to chatting with you today. And hi, I'm Lisa, looking forward to our conversation with you, Virginia. Wonderful. Now, here's the thing. You've got an amazing background. I could have spent, I don't know, five or 10 minutes just reading through your credits <laughs> and all the things you've experienced in life. But let's give them, you know, sort of the lowdown and some a couple of defining moments as to how you got to where you are today, why you decided to start um, working together rather than competing with one another and founded Haberjohn. Uh, just give them a little background. And Lisa, why don't you go ahead first? So, well, uh, the Reader's Digest version is I'm a pharmacist by training and Paula and I met twice, as we like to say. We um, met first as fierce competitors, both heading global sales for the top two pharmaceutical development companies in the world at that time. And so we were going after the same book of business and we did not particularly care for each other. Um, that's probably putting it mildly. <laughs> the claws are out. Um, and we had a gentleman who continued to say to me, Lisa, you really need to meet Paula. You will like her. And I'm like, I've already met Paula. Uh, no, thanks. And he would say the same to me when I would see him. And he said, you really need to meet Lisa. And I said, really, I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't need that. <laughs> so over the course of about a two year period, he just continued to hound us to meet each other. So we finally agreed and he set up a luncheon and we showed up. He did not. So there the two of us sat across from each other and um, he had said all along, if you will just meet each other, you will like each other, you will finish each other's sentences. And about 10 minutes into the conversation when we realized he was not going to show and we might as well figure things out, we started completing each other's sentences. 
And you'll learn today that we still do. <laughs> so um, as far as a little other background on me, and then Paula can give a minute or two on her background, I spent most of my career in the pharmaceutical industry and um, have had a few stints in blending together pharmaceuticals and textiles. And that's what I do currently on um, with a company called Pure Thread Technologies. And then Paula and I, almost two years ago now, I guess, formed Haberjan to um, mm -hmm. really facilitate consulting around the book that we wrote together that was launched just in March called Remember Who You Are. So we will be hopefully talking about that just a little bit um, today as well. But we both found we enjoy mentoring and coaching, and we thought, why not combine that? We can reach a lot more people. And I am a biostatistician by training, and Lisa has shared how we met. Um, I currently spend about half of my time as the chief development officer for a biotechnology company. So we both have um, businesses uh, independent of one another while we run Haberjan together and uh, conduct uh, speaking and engagements, workshops, and uh, coaching of, uh, you know, academic faculty as, as well as um, life science leaders. And attorneys, professional yep. individuals. And Paula's always too modest. Paula started as employee number 23 of a large company. And when she retired, she was managing 23,000 people. So she rose the ranks from uh, her 31 years. Yeah. So um, we have been there, done that um, overused phrase, but uh, we have both been executives and managed people around the globe and are now um, sharing our experiences more widely and how we can help other um, emerging leaders, um, young leaders, uh, primarily women, but also men are listening to this message as well in terms of how to work better um, with women um, and sometimes for women. So. Well, it's quite a story really, because um, first of all, yeah, your accomplishments are major for what you've done already in your 30 some years. And, you know, Paul, that is quite something to go up to managing 23,000. I think you said 23,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, girls, all of us gals here have to sort of think about this and what they're juggling already. First of all, they have their own business together, which I want them to talk about for a minute. And then they, they have other careers with other companies as well. So I think they're probably going to be able to share some very powerful tips and strategies with us about juggling all this, plus what they've had to juggle and personalize because there's some major stories going on there as well. And, you know, a lot of what I have come to understand that, that Lisa and Paula do is teach through story. And in the book that they were talking about, which I um, so gratefully received a copy of, and you're going to want to know more about it. It's, it's really a Bible for women who are professionals and have to balance their lives and want to do it in a way that feels, um, what would you call congruent with who you are. So they're going to be talking about that. But let's talk, first of all, uh, gals, about Haberjan and what the name means, first of all, and what your intention for that company is in a little more detail. Thanks, Virginia. 
Um, we, as Lisa said, started the company about two years ago before we finished writing the book because we were beginning to be asked. I had retired from Quintiles after my 31 years and we were being asked to coach and mentor others. We were being asked to come in and provide executive solutions to companies for short periods of time. And so we put that together, a business. And Habergeon, it's a really an ancient term that um, really speaks about an armor that ancient priests were, wore. And the idea was that our business is here to help you get your armor on. And that's really where Habergeon um, comes from. And so we have been, as we said, finished the book, but the, the four main areas of the business are coaching, providing uh, speak, keynote speaking, workshops, and then executive solutions. And we have some consultants working with us in areas that maybe we're not the experts, be it HR, or um, legal or finance and some areas where we would bring in consultants to work on a short-term period for a company who may be going through a transition. And while they're looking for an executive, we would place either ourselves or someone in that role. Oh, wow, that's powerful in and of itself. And so if you've got um, a lot of services that you're offering is, I think really one of the things that I would say, again, I've grown to understand just through your book is that with the experiences you've had, and not all have been pleasant, have they? No. <laughs> Your whole goal is to give back in a way that helps elevate other people. As a matter of fact, I remember reading it, that was one of your definitions of success, that, that you're just not really successful if you're not in some way uplifting and elevating someone else in the process. And I just love that whole philosophy. Uh, let's move into topic number one then, which is all about the juggling act that I know you guys experience and talk a lot about in your book. Um, and we're not talking just about juggling the many hats of being in business, but we're talking about juggling, you know, your personal life and your professional life. So go ahead and give us some good ideas in that regard. Well, um, if it's okay, I will read just a couple of brief paragraphs from the book, Virginia, to kick us off here. And before I do that, I will say we are both married. I happen to be married to my high school sweetheart, um, but we both are married and each have two adult children. Paula has a, an adult guy and gal, and I have two adult guys. So um, we we can certainly talk about juggling personal, professional, et cetera, but I'll read just, um, just briefly from chapter four in our book, which is entitled The Juggling Act. Um, Many working women, especially mothers, would agree their lives resemble a three-ring circus. At any given time, we could be flanked by a high-flying trapeze act in one ring and daredevil stunts in another, but in the third ring stands mom. Mom is the juggler. Three, four, maybe six or more balls are being tossed into the air. Some soar high, some stay close. It didn't happen overnight, of course. We may have started by learning to juggle a career and a spouse. Maybe we went back to school or took on a big volunteer project. Over time, we may have added one or many children, then all of their activities. There's our faith, our home, our friends, our sanity. Is there room for an exercise ball? a good nutrition and a healthy meals ball. There seems to be no end to the number of balls we are trying to keep in the air. 
The effort required to keep them all moving is relentless and exhausting. You may feel that if even one ball drops, you will be thrown off balance and the whole act will come crashing down. No, no, no. Let go of that notion. You will achieve the holy grail of a balanced life only if you accept that some of those balls can and should drop, at least for a season. That's much easier if you know your priorities. And so, um, Virginia, what we talk about a lot in the book is we really take the different categories that we have learned to juggle in our life and give them like a title. So we have a crystal heart, a Waterford crystal heart that signifies our top priorities. Which for us is our family and our faith. So if we keep that at the forefront as the Waterford crystal ball, the most valuable of all the balls we're juggling. If we keep that in mind when we're making decisions, we don't ever want to drop it because it would shatter into a million pieces and take tons and tons of effort to try to put back together. And then the next kind of category down, if you will, is a glass ball. And very similar to the crystal ball, if we were to drop our glass ball, it would shatter into a million pieces. And for us, that has been our careers. Because we both put a lot of effort in working, continuous learning, trying to advance. But once again, we don't want to drop that, but it requires juggling and it requires, you know, sometimes you might make a decision that doesn't look like you're keeping your crystal and your glass balls in order. But again, at the end of your year, your month, whatever cycle you're evaluating, you want to keep them in the proper perspective. Then there's the rubber ball. You know, we all know what happens with a rubber ball. If we drop a rubber ball in the middle of a juggling act, it just goes down and it comes right back up. We don't even know that we have dropped it. And so often we put things onto ourselves, like, I don't know, making a homemade birthday cake or making homemade cupcakes for our kids' sixth grade or six-year-old party. And they are quite fine with us hopping into the grocery store and picking up a sheet cake because they just want to hang out with their friends or you. Yeah. You know, I think that we give different examples in the book of the rubber balls and all the different balls. For me, the rubber ball was um, laundry because I would try to throw it down, but it would come back up. <laughs> And then um, to, I'll skip the plastic balls. We don't read everything that's in the book, but maybe I'll talk a moment about the lead balls because so often we spend an inordinate amount of time juggling lead balls. And these are balls that we need to drop and we don't need to try to put back together and we don't need to pick them back up. Balls like, oh, comparison. It's so easy to see another person and we see it a lot of times in, and we've seen it a lot in our careers with women in particular. They just will, if I could just have that office or if I could drive that car, if I could have that, if I could have her blonde hair, if I could any number of things and we spend time beating ourselves up instead of working on what we are skilled at to improve it, we're just spending our time in a comparison trap or the if onlys. You know, yeah. we all have made decisions that perhaps we could have or should have made a better decision, but it's no need to hit that replay button over and over and over again. We have the 
the trap of worry and spending endless hours on worry instead of figuring out what can I learn from what I did wrong and how can I move on from there. We spend a lot of time saying yes to too many things because we don't want to hurt someone's feelings or let someone down or feel guilty. But if we could reverse our thinking and realize that if we say no to something, it's because we're saying yes to our priorities. So it goes back to what our priorities are, keeping them in order. And then there's a big one. And Paula, why don't you tell a story here um, of like the guilt that we carry around guilt, false guilt. There's a big difference. And um, I'll wrap up maybe after you give an example or two of that. Sure. I'll, I'll just give one that, that we have in the book, which was, that I was on a business trip. I had made a choice between, you know, the career, which was the glass ball and the family, which was my crystal ball. But I knew that I was the breadwinner in the family. I needed to sometimes put the career first. So I went on a trip. Um, and at that time there was a hurricane coming upon our state. And, you know, I went on the trip anyway, because I thought, well, my husband can take care of that. But the hurricane came and sort of a long story short, I could not get back. I had to fly into a different city and, and drive two and a half hours and watching the devastation as I came to my home and feeling the guilt from the night before when I found out that this hurricane had hit, um, I couldn't get in contact with my husband or my one-year-old at home with my husband. Um, and you know wh what I learned from all of that is I couldn't feel guilty about going on that trip. It was part of my priorities was as, um, you know, working a working mother that I had to be on business. What I did learn from the trip was also was um, to prepare better. I did not have the proper staples in our home for um, being without power for a week. <laughs> so I will prepare better, but you know, I tried not to feel guilty because I had set my priorities and I had to be where I was and my husband took care. And even though we had a, several trees fall and one hit the house, everything was fine. Anyway, so there are those kind of stories um, in, in the book that we go in, not to great detail, but just give you a flavor for things you might be, your, re, your, your viewers might be experiencing and how to try to not feel guilty about everything because if you, and I'll let you wrap up in terms of making your priorities. Right. Well, because we can just spend endless hours and get nowhere if we just put things in perspective. And as Paula said, rather than beating herself up for not being there, she found that she could learn to be better prepared and maybe do some grocery shopping <laughs> before she left because ice cream sandwiches weren't exactly the dairy she was thinking of, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and nor would they have lasted very long with the power out. Exactly, <laughs> and they did not. Great, great stories. Um, and you know, what I really wanna compliment you on is the imagery that you created. Um, I guess you'd call it an analogy in a way because the, the crystal ball, the image of that is just so powerful, especially when you decided what needed to be in that crystal ball. And um, of course, the rubber ball to me is is delightful because don't you love it when you just drop things and, and they'll just pop right back up and not be broken in any way. And so I think the imagery is great. And I just want you all to know that they have 
put this into a wonderful, wonderful um, sort of review recap in ways that'll give you a little more details on how you can sit down and think about what are you going to put in your crystal ball and your glass ball and, and what are the lead balls you need to let go of and never pick up again. So um, stick around because at the end I will be giving you a link and this is their free gift to you. And I would highly suggest you take advantage of it. I found it very valuable and it's just one page. It really summarizes things beautifully. So stick around and we'll be providing that for you today. All right, well, that's a great topic. And I think also an important topic. Um, I know, especially with a lot of the women that I work with, you know, we're often, you know, working with, a, you know, our own business or solopreneurs or a few employees. None, none that I'm working with right now, Paula, have 23,000 that they're responsible for. So talk about juggling things. But we all need to have, you know, maybe a little more grounding in this regard as to what's important, because often when you wear many hats as a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, that gets to be a difficult decision. So again, I think you're going to find that the gift they're providing for you is going to be very helpful. Now we're going to go into the next topic here. And that one is, I think, so important because it's the foundation of your getting together with Haberjohn and finding out you really liked each other and you really do finish each other's sentences. And that is about complementing versus competing. And, you know, the, the whole basis of, you know, my show and my Facebook group, which is called the Inspirational Businesswoman Network, is to collaborate, is to support, is to uplift one another with your gifts, with your passions and your talents so that we all rise to a higher level. And I think that's really what uh, Lisa and Paula are talking about when they talk about complementing versus competing. So I'm going to turn it over to you gals and let's learn more about how you discovered it, first of all, and how you're applying it in your own life and then how you're using it to mentor other women. Thank you. Um, it's, it's interesting because really complimenting beats competing was really the basis for the book. Um, we had met, as Lisa said, twice. And the first time we met was six years prior to when we had lunch. And so for six years, we were competing in some sense, even though she had moved into a different career or, you know, different work. We weren't at the same company for many of those years, but we were sort of competing with each other because that's how we had met. And we were living in the same area, roughly the same age. Um, <laughs> and, um, so we, we were competing and then we met and we found that, well, we don't have to be competitors. And so we started building a friendship. Except with Fitbit. Except with Fitbit. Yes, I am wearing no. mine today. <laughs> and we so do compete with we Fitbit. do compete with Fitbit. But other than that, um, no, we, um, you know, we began a friendship. Um, uh, it was about 16 years ago and we started having lunch and we ended up sort of co-mentoring each other. And it was about four years into that relationship when our husbands actually said, you both keep sharing these stories and you are working so well together, but you talk about how women don't work together and you, you should write a book. And that was really the impetus for the book was around 
Um, and we didn't have the term exactly com complementing beats competing, but that's where we really ended up. Now the book has nine chapters, it's chapter seven. So there's a lot that we think you, you know, that, that we all need to do and build upon to get there. But we believe, and, and some of the stories we share were how we competed with other women in, in the workplace and different things that we did. I know that it was, you know, towards the end of, of my 31 years with, uh, you know, quintile, legacy quintiles. And toward the end, I invited the 13 top women. So there were 14 of us to my home for dinner. And I had kind of a, a silly, um, uh, you know, themed event where we were building the centerpiece and we got into groups of three or four and built the centerpiece. But then we sat down at dinner and I said, you know, we are hurting each other. We need to work together to complement one another because it's not really the men. You know, a lot of people talk about the word that women call women um, in the workplace. Um, and um, it's not a very nice word. But when you think about it, it's really the women using that word. It's not the men. Hmm. And so we aren't building each other up. And I think we have felt that it was because there was that elusive one spot at the top and that we were all within a company fighting for that spot. Yeah. And so we felt the need to compete with each other. Whereas if we would work to complement each other, I think more spots would open up for us. Well said, definitely. So in, in the process of discovering that you really worked better together complementing. Now, I think it makes sense, especially within industry and, and business that you're speaking of, because there are many rungs to the ladder to, you know, get to the top. Um, and I, I'm just wondering, um, Lisa, did you feel initially uh, when you were growing like you did and going up the corporate ladder that to get there, you really had to be more competitive? Did it take you a while? And maybe after you got up there, you started to discover that maybe uh, we could all do better if we complemented one another? Um, well, I think as Paula knows, I am competitive by nature, but I have learned to harness that competitive spirit against myself. And I would say, Virginia, for me personally, I, I felt the sting of several women competing with me that I don't think I even was aware of exactly what was going on at the time as much as, you know, looking back in a rearview mirror sheds the light on. But what I think I realized was I was so driven to succeed that I would find myself pushing for that next goal, but perhaps not making sure I took everyone on my team along with me. So I, you know, I think it was more not having the awareness of just pulling everyone along with me and just being so goal oriented. And Paula, I think can attest that we do not feel that we compete at all with each other except on Fitbit, <laughs> but, you know, given opportunities to um, promote other people is, what drives us. 
So I think that maybe we can talk about Myron. Just, you know, when we were starting the business and um, writing the book, and this was a, a coach advisor that I had used many years ago. And I called him to ask for um, some help and input. And he said, well, who is this woman you're going into business with? That's a really big step, Paula. And so I told him and I said, but we're exactly alike. We've learned that we went to the same university. We're both North Carolina natives. We both, you started know, working at 13, started working at 13. We both worked in um, in drugstores when we were in college to put ourselves through college, different ones. But, um, you know, we had all these similar similarities. And he said, but you're the same person. You know, I said, we're the same person. He said, Paula, let me do you a favor. He said, would you and she be willing to take an assessment, sort of a personality assessment? And part of that was um, also doing a, a DISC. And I know some um, women viewers may be familiar with the, the DISC um, analysis. And it was the first time either of us had shared our results with anyone other than our husbands. And we shared it with each other. And... I remember it was a Saturday and we were like, oh my gosh, it got me so right. And you said, oh my gosh, it got me so right. And, but we hadn't really understood it even to the depth that Myron took us through. And when he took us through the assessment, he said, you know, your background, your, um, uh, you know, your, uh, your values are all so similar. You could overlay them and you're so, so similar. He said, but your disc shows that how you get things done, you're complete opposites. And, you know, and we had not figured that out about each other. And once we figured that out, it made it even more, it, it made it easier to finish the book and to then market the book and our business and how we work together because we know that our values are the same but we also know that how we get things done is different. So he told us between the two of us, we had one brain. <laughs> I love it. This is, this is a great example of complimenting one another that you have the same values, but you, you have different strengths in how you do things. And so you pull those strengths together and now you've created what I think is a very valuable book for people or women who are in business and wanting to find balance in their life and fulfillment. And there you found it in a test that right. you and some really of, some of what it your compliment out. to each other yeah. was. Yeah, figuring out um, who you are and who is the person you know that you're working with um, and, and how to work together. You kind of have to start by knowing who you are first. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. I think that they'll all appreciate that. All right. So let's go into building your personal brand, because I think that your your point with this is that it become memorable, that it really reflect who you are as a person, as a whole person, right? Not just the business side, not the competitive side, not the driven side, but the whole person that you embody. So let's uh, give them some good tips and strategies around how they can do that for themselves. So chapter one is called building your brand. And we know the brand of many companies. We, we know the swoosh for Nike and we know the mermaid for Starbucks. But when people ask you, what is your personal brand? 
people, I think 10 years ago, were scratching their head because people weren't talking about personal brands so much. But for us, we felt in writing the book that it was something that came to both of us fairly early on and um, not in our 20s, but I'd say in our 30s, really kind of figuring out exactly who we are. And it, it does go with the title of the book. Remember who you and that is the focus, who you are. Um, it's not about the others around you, but it's about figuring out your brand. It's figuring out your priorities. It's figuring out what is it that you want to um, succeed in doing. And so the brand for us um, has come, you know, uh, one example was just, I was asked my brand in my thirties and I didn't really know what it was. And so I was looking at different quotes and whatnot. Um, but I knew that part of it was that uh, was in that, quote was remember um uh i have to say the whole thing i can't even yeah. shorten it the the grand essentials to happiness in this life are something to do something to love and something to hope for so it's a little bit okay. like the the priorities it's a bit, little bit like the balls um and it was juggling those things in that order but then i was asked a number of years later to do my six word story and so when you try to put your life into six words and like Ernest Hemingway did for sale, baby shoes, never worn. And so when I had to put my brand into six words, I knew that I had always been since 13, as we said, we both worked since we were 13 and it was always in a service business. So I said, I'm Paula, I'll be your server. And it's now been condensed down to one word, which is server. And I'll turn it to Lisa to maybe share her brand and the value of a brand. Okay. Well, my, I'll go in reverse since you just said your one word. My, my one word is connect. And my six word story is live life meaningfully on purpose connected. So, I um, love to connect people and I think that um, it's one of the reasons we work very well together mm -hmm. because connecting people and serving people work very nicely together. But it's yeah. you know, one of the things that we talk about, Virginia, in our book and when we do workshops and speaking is that once you know your personal brand, it helps you drive decisions in your personal and professional life. You know, when you have someone who says, well, why don't we just like fudge this a little here? Well, if integrity is part of your brand, your decision has been made. So we just find that it gives you those kind of guardrails to drive between when you figure out what your personal brand is. I like that. That gives you a guardrail. Guardrail. <laughs> I think that's great. Well, you know, that reminds me of um, a mentor that I worked with several years ago, Alex Mendocian, and he had a great exercise called What's Your Verb? And with What's Your Verb, the whole point was to find a verb that reflects you as a person. And uh, many years ago, I chose to, I chose the word inspire. And so I basically say I inspire, which is a two word brand. 
And of course, that's obviously the genesis of the Inspirational Business Women show and a lot of the other work that I do. So I like this. You know, you've got a six word and then a one word and I work with a two word, but they all get to the substance of who you are, the essence of who you are, the essence of that which you value most that uh, basically drives your life, drives the way you um, respond. And so I think it's a great idea and I appreciate your sharing yours as well, because um, what would you say is the biggest tip you can give and someone discovering what their brand is? I think the biggest tip is that I found in trying to figure out what my brand was early on was getting feedback from others, asking people that I trusted, what did they think my brand is? Because sometimes perception is reality and understanding how people perceive you, you may not like that brand, so you might need to tweak that brand. And uh -huh. so early on in my early 30s, I, I was called defensive and I did not want the brand of defensive. Um, so I really worked and we share in the book a, a tip on trying to get rid of a brand that maybe you don't like um, and, and really <laughs> trying to rebrand yourself. So I think that my biggest tip is Ask others what they think your brand is. Right. I think that and then right. spending time just doing some reflection, some really doing some self-awareness exercises and spending some time to, to think about what your behavior says, what this feedback is that you've gotten from others, and then how you can get from point A to point B. Okay, good, good enough. Well, that kind of wraps it up. We could go through the whole book, but instead we're going to encourage people to get uh, the book themselves. And um, you know, what I'm going to do here is just as you talk a little bit more for a moment about the book, let me just post it here so they know where to go get the book and then we'll give the gift. So just a moment here, pasting it right into the chat. Okay, so it's in the chat. So you know that that's the link you can take is to haberjan.com. Oh, and book in front of it. Is it book.haberjan.com? Yes. I did yes. that right? Okay, good. Yes. Otherwise, we'll fix it. Um, okay, so, so there's many chapters. It's filled with many stories, right? And it's really, uh, I think, a reflection of your life over the 30-year the, the careers that you've had and the lessons that you learned so many lessons that you wished had you only known them beforehand it would have made you know the career path even that much more powerful and um satisfying not that it wasn't but go ahead and talk just a little bit about you know why the book might be valuable to our viewers well we think that um we've been told it's like having a mentor in your back pocket and that was really the first time someone said that to us um at one of our speaking engagements it was like mm -hmm. well that's exactly what we were hoping for so it is you know a combined 65 years worth of stories because it's <laughs> things we've lived through but I think the other point of the book that we've gotten really good feedback on is each of the nine chapters ends with a letter to her younger self from an executive woman in various industries all around the world. It's really a dear younger me letter. And 
these are powerful letters. They're vulnerable letters. They're transparent letters. And so in addition to that, we have a his forward and a her forward. And so in the book, you really are hearing from about 15 people because we have a couple of others, people, other voices mm -hmm. that we interviewed in the book. We have a letter at the end of each chapter, and then we have a his forward and a her forward. So we don't have all the answers. We have 65 years worth of stories and things we wish we had known. But um, we hope that that would really be a takeaway of maybe we can short shorten the path for someone else who's learning. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And um, really, if you want to get the book, you've got that link, but you also have right here available, and I will be posting it out around the social networks as well, that I've uh, seen the, the replay of this, which we, again, we value your time, so we appreciate you being here, whether or not you're live or in replay mode. Um, you can now pick up their gift, which is all about the juggling act. And they've got some great ideas in there. And I'm going to bring that up for you for just a moment. You've got the link here as well. But uh, let's share with them a little bit about the, the gift again. Just go into a little more detail on that, if you could. Yeah, we've, we've put together a one-pager that um, shares a bit about what Lisa shared. Uh, it is on the, the juggling um, act, which is chapter six? Four. Four, sorry, chapter four. <laughs> okay. Uh, act, and uh, it's what we went over today, but it uh, will give you a little bit more detail on the um, crystal and glass and um, other balls. So we have that one-pager to, to give you. So we hope that that will be very helpful in figuring out crystal versus glass versus rubber versus lead balls. Okay, so that's great. That's going to be, of, I think, of great benefit to everyone. Um, again, Lisa and Paul, I want to thank you so much because I think your experience, your life experience is so powerful. I love that you've turned this into mentoring and coaching and helping other uh, women just uh, grow their lives and balance uh, to be more fulfilled and be more of who they already are and deliver their own gifts and passions to the world in a way that I think is just profound. We all have to think about this a little bit more. And, you know, when you're driven as you ladies were, I know you sometimes can lose touch with who you really are because you've got that tunnel focus on, which as you said, is your glass ball, but you've got to keep these other balls balanced and decide which ones are worth dropping and not picking up. So I think the gift is going to be um, very helpful. I want to thank you ladies both for taking your time to be here. And I also want to make sure that you all know that this is information, not only that you can use today, but you can get out there and share it with people who might benefit by it. So that I hope that you will do that as well. So Lisa and Paul, I wanna say thank you once again for being here today and sharing not only your stories, but your wisdom with the uh, ladies in my, my group. And by the way, just to pull this back up again, for those of you who don't end up seeing this, but will hear it, I wanna make sure you know to go to hmtips.com forward slash juggling hmtips.com forward slash juggling to pick up their wonderful gift on juggling. All right, ladies, uh, any final words you have for our viewers? 
We just want to thank you, Virginia, for having us on Inspirational Business Women Show. So this has been um, delightful. We would love for you to pick up a copy of our book at book.haberjohn.com um, at any Barnes and Noble or um, Amazon. And uh, but other links are on our website. And I guess I would say truly remember who you are. We're all created to be the best that we can be, not the best somebody else and find someone to give back to because even a smile at the grocery store can brighten someone's day. So, you know, you can co-mentor, you can help a new person in their career along, you can volunteer. There's so many ways to give back and um, share your story because it will help somebody else. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that that's such an important thing to realize that we all have gifts. We all have uh, the things that we can do to help uplift, support, and serve others. And in that way, we are complementing, no longer competing. And for me, it's to inspire and for these gals uh, to, I know, uplift and serve and give back. Um, thank you again, Paula. Thank you again, Lisa, for being here. It was great to have you. And for all of you that are viewing both live and in replay, thank you for being here. Have a blessed and wonderful week. That's all for now. We'll see you next time on the Inspirational Businesswoman Show. Bye-bye now. Thanks so much for watching today. Do you know someone who would be a great guest for our show? Or would you like to be a guest on the Inspirational Businesswoman Show? Let's shine the spotlight on your expertise. We'll share your story while offering tips, strategies, and advice to our viewers. Expert interviews are a great way to build your reputation as the go-to expert. Go to shinetips.com forward slash IBWS to apply today. Women are waiting for your message and I can't wait to interview you.